have your Bible tonight, I'd ask you please to turn to the book of the Psalms, first of all, and to Psalm 73. Tonight I want to leave with you three texts of Scripture. They're not all in this psalm, but there is a common theme in each text. And I want to thank the Reverend Kenley for inviting me over tonight to speak at your prayer meeting and Bible study. In Psalm 73, we have here the psalmist, and he is in spiritual trouble. Because he says there in verse 2, But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. So here's a believer, a saint of the Lord, and he's in spiritual trouble. What is his trouble? Well, he tells us in the next verse, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And so here's a believer, and in his mind and in his heart, he is making some calculations. He's looking around him at the ungodly in the world, the worldly man and woman, especially those who are wealthy in this world but have no thought at all of God and indeed are against God and against the people of God. And as he looks upon them, he is making a calculation that is it worth serving the Lord? Is it worth being a believer? Because here are these many people, in, to his mind, and they appear to go through life without much bother. And indeed, many are doing well as far as this world is concerned. If you look at verse 4 there, there are no bonds in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. And so here's a, here's a believer, a Christian, and, or a, an Old Testament saint uh, who is in spiritual trouble. Now, one of the great things about the Psalms, and indeed all the Word of God, and why we should read all the Word of God, is the Bible clearly shows us that believers can be in times of trouble and in times of trial and maybe even times when they might question God and even question their faith. Um, it's not all roses in the Christian life. There are thistles and thorns as well. And the word of God is, is clear. And, you know, the book of Psalms is the songbook of the Old Testament. And yet these are faithful songs. These are songs that really deal with life as it really is and faith as it really is and the Lord's people in this world as it really is. 
It's not all hunky-dory. But this is all the truth of God. And so as he goes through the psalm, he actually says there, if you look at verse 13, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. Has it been vain? You know, there's a lot of people tonight who would be aghast that we're gathered here in this meeting and we're reading our Bibles and we've been singing those hymns and we're going to pray to the one who is invisible, the great and true God. And they would be aghast and the thought of it. And maybe there are times even when a believer may be tempted to wonder, is it worth it? And then come down to verse 17. He's thinking about this. It's in his heart. It's in his mind. It's a trial. It's a trouble. And in verse 17 it says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Here's the believer and he is in this spiritual trouble and he's questioning and he's thinking upon these things. But he goes into the sanctuary. He goes to the place where the word of God is read and proclaimed. And then he understands. You know, brothers and sisters, tonight in this meeting... We ought not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And here's one reason. It's not the most important reason, but it's certainly a good reason. Because when we gather together and again we hear the word of God read and we hear the word of God expounded, then we understand. And you know, I'm, I think, old enough to realize now that Unless we have an understanding, and until we have an understanding of the word of God, we'll understand nothing. It is the believer, the Bible-believing believer, who has this understanding given by God. The teaching of the Bible applied by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does he understand? He has seen the wicked. He has seen them flourish. He has seen them going through life. He has seen them even uh, corrupt and wicked. He has seen them even setting their mouth against the heavens. But when he goes to the word of God, he understands their end. Verse 18, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, Thou castest them down to destruction. Do, do you notice in verse 2, he confesses and he his testimony is, my steps had well nigh slipped. And now he understands that the ungodly, those who don't have the Lord, they are set in slippery places. What's the difference between 
What's the difference between a saint of God tonight, a Christian tonight, who may well have a stumble, who may well have a fall, who may well uh, be, uh, have a slip, and compare them to the ungodly? Well, the believer is upheld by the Lord. Even in our times of slipping and stumbling, even in our times of feelings, backslidings, even in our times when perhaps unbelief rises up in our hearts, we are upheld by his almighty hand. It's not good. We are upheld by his mighty hand. Oh, but when the ungodly, when they are cast down to destruction, there's no one upholding them. Now here's the text from this psalm, verse number 19. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. And I want to leave with you tonight that word moment. And we're going to look at the word moment here and then as it appears two other times in our Bible. In a moment. You know, a moment, I know that a day is made up of 24 hours. I know an hour is made up of 60 minutes. I know a minute is made up of 60 seconds. But who can define a moment? Who can define a moment of time? And, you know, here we have the moment of desolation. I'll call it the moment of of desolation. Here are the ungodly. Here are the proud. Here are the wicked. Here are the people who despise the Bible and despise those who believe the Bible. Those who are enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. They'll even mock. They'll even laugh at the Lord God Almighty. But there is an end. And that end will bring them in a moment. Look at it, verse 19. They are brought into desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. And surely that expression, utterly consumed with terrors, is this not eternal hell? Does that expression not relate to Luke chapter 16? The rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. And you know the thought here is how suddenly, how suddenly the wicked can be taken from this scene of time and brought to desolation and be utterly consumed with the terrors of everlasting punishment. The moment of desolation. They have their prosperity, they have their pleasure. Many of them may have the good things in this life and never thank the God of providence for them. And as we've seen here, verse 9, they set their mouth against the heavens, some even mock God 
And suddenly, it's all gone. Suddenly, it's all changed. Suddenly, it's all over. Suddenly, it's all past. And in a moment, they are brought into desolation, eternal desolation. They are utterly consumed with terrors. You know, people live sometimes as if they'll never die. And people live sometimes as if there's no heaven and there's no hell and there's no God. But on the authority of this scripture and many others in the Bible, in a moment, they will realize but it'll be too late. And they will be utterly consumed with terrors. You know, one good reason why we're here tonight for the prayer meeting, because you see among the group that's being spoken of in this psalm, the first part of this psalm, there are loved ones belonging to us. Maybe even family members. And tonight they have no thought of God. They're full of the world. They may not be as wicked as they could be or as evil as they could be, but they are lost, depraved sinners, without God, without Christ, and without hope in the world. And they too in a moment will be brought into everlasting destructions from the presence of the Lord. You know, this dear believer in this psalm, he's he's brought into a right understanding as he's contemplated the scriptures and the Holy Spirit has brought those scriptures to his mind and to his heart, he has realized, verse 22, so foolish was I and ignorant. And although he felt he was slipping and although he felt he was under this pressure even to give up the faith, he says in verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by thy right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. You know, I know that in the book of Revelation there are scriptures that describe eternal hell. I know in Luke chapter 16 we have that very famous portion of Lazarus and the rich man. But I think Here we have a most terrible, vivid, horrible description of that moment when the lost soul is ushered out into eternity. Now look at verse 20. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, Thou shalt despise their image. Is there the thought here? Is there the thought here that when a soul goes out into the everlasting burnings, that God thinketh no more upon them? Neither to bless them or annihilate them. There's no annihilation. The Bible clearly teaches there is everlasting life with Christ in heaven. 
or there is to be everlastingly lost in hell. The moment of desolation. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. You know, so often I have thought about that when I maybe hear on the news about some well-known person, maybe in uh, the world of showbiz or films or politics or whatever it might be, somebody very well-known, but they've no time for the Lord and their, their death is announced. And I think about how in a moment they're brought down to destruction. And everything they put their heart in and everything they rejoiced in and everything that they said made them happy, it's gone forever. The moment of desolation. But I want you to take your Bible tonight and come over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hope that's the right verse. I gave our brother. Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we want to look at another moment. And in 1 Corinthians and the chapter 15. And we're going to turn now from the moment the ungodly and the wicked are brought to desolation. And I want to now look at the Christian, the believer. Look at verse number 51 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. Now, a mystery in the Bible is not some secret that only somebody who goes through an initiation can understand. No, a mystery is something that mankind would never know except God revealed it. And you know, there's something wonderful here, something powerful here, something precious here. And we believers know this and hold this and we rejoice in this. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all die, but we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And notice the words, verse 52, in a moment. What is a moment? Well, the Lord is very helpful here. He gives us this little descriptive phrase, in the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, the born-again believer, even if they be dead, their body dead in the grave, or if they be alive at the coming of the Lord, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, they will be changed. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, we've come from the Old Testament into the New, and as you know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And here's an interesting thing. I don't know if you know this, but that word moment here in 1 Corinthians 15, it's a word, it's the word in the original from which we get the word Adam. 
And the word Adam, it's made up of two words. The first part of it is a, which is used in the negative sense. You know how a theist is somebody who believes in God. You put a in front of it, it becomes an atheist or an atheist, and that's somebody who doesn't believe in God. Well, here, the word here in the original, it actually, the second part of it means to cut. And you put A in front of it, Adam, it means it can't be cut. In other words, it is so small, it is indivisible. It's such a small portion of time. And here the Lord is telling us through his Apostle Paul, as he's writing to these Corinthians, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. What a glorious prospect that is. Now, I don't know when the Lord may come. The Lord Jesus taught parables. One parable teaches that he could come quicker than you think. And another parable teaches that he may delay his coming, like the, the ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. And they let, their lamps went out and they didn't, the five foolish didn't have enough oil with them. And the cry went up, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Well, the Lord comes soon, or if he comes later, And if I die and you die and these bodies of ours are laid in the grave at his coming again in a moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. Even the body be resurrected and changed, glorified. You think of all the dear believers whose Remains, earthly remains have gone to dust. How is God going to bring them again and change them? Well, I I can't answer that except to say the Lord is able to do it. And if I believe Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and if I believe Genesis 1 where it says, and the Lord spake, the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. And I have no bother believing God can do this. God will do this in a moment. Think of that, in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. You know, sometimes when men uh, attempt something, to build something, say, it can take a while. And this is something God's going to do in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You know, the twinkling of an eye is is not you blinking, it's just a, a, a flash of light, the twinkle of your eye. And oh, in a moment, what a wonderful change will take place. There with the glorified. 
safe by our Savior's side. We shall be satisfied by and by. By and by, by and by, we shall be satisfied by and by. And this is our hope. The blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I am glad tonight. You know, my hope is not in Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak <laughs> or whoever. Somebody, I heard a man on the other day and he says, you know, I doubt whoever gets this won't last long and there'll be another election next year. Well, so be it. But my hope is not there, and your hope's not there, dear believer. Sure it's not. Our hope is in the coming of the Lord. This great event, this great event. And it'll all happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be changed. The trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. Oh, the moment we die, biblically die, Immediately, we begin to decompose. So much so that we have to be put out of sight. We have to be put away, buried. But on this great day, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the corruptible will put on corruption. The mortal will put on immortality. How will it happen? Verse 57 but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it is said that when the Israelites left Egypt, not a hoof was left. And listen, the Lord will not leave your body because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And your body was redeemed by Christ and Calvary's cross. Spirit, soul, and body. We shall forever be with the Lord at this great day. This moment. The moment of desolation. The moment of glorification. But I want you to turn now just over the pages there to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to look at another moment. We've looked at the moment of desolation. What a tragic, terrible thing that in a moment the soul can be brought down into the everlasting darkness of hell. The moment of glorification when spirit, soul, and body will be reunited and changed and will forever be with the Lord but here's the moment of tribulation if you look at Second Corinthians chapter 4 and the verse 16 for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day well the outward man is aging I'm not old, old, <laughs> but I do have creaking knees. 
and uh, I don't run up the stairs the way I did when I was 10 or 12. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Now notice this, verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And isn't this a lovely word, brother and sister, tonight to our hearts? Whatever affliction, whatever trial, whatever trouble, whatever illness, whatever sickness afflicts the Christian, in the light of God's everlasting glory, which he will share with the believer through Christ, it's but for a moment. It's but for a moment. How does this work practically? In our daily life. Well look at verse 18. While we look. Not at the things which are seen. See. The psalmist in Psalm 73. He started to look at the things which were seen. But then he went to the sanctuary. He understood their end. So we are not to look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are, are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And he goes on in the next chapter that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. It's only a moment. And we need to make that calculation. Oh, sometimes we feel the rejection of maybe family and friends because we're saved. Hell's opposition bodily affliction, mental anxiety, maybe times of weeping. But in the light of God's great eternity and the glory, it's but for a moment, which is but for a moment. You know, I love that chorus. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life trials will seem so small When we see Christ, one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase, so bravely run the race till we see Christ. If you're here tonight and you're going through trouble, affliction, be it whatever it be, remember, dear believer, remember, And calculate spiritually. Make that spiritual calculation. This is but for a moment. When I've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun. We'll look back. We'll look back. And, And the affliction, it'll be like the twinkling of an eye. Just a moment. But it worketh for us. You see all things work together. For them that love the Lord. It worketh for us a far more exceeding. And eternal weight of glory. Three Bible moments. The moment of desolation. 
when the ungodly soul is brought down into hell. The moment of glorification when at the coming of the Lord, be we dead or be we living, we shall be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. The moment of tribulation. And though it be very real and very hurtful, a trial and a trouble, yet it is but for a moment in the light of God's eternity and the glory which he shall share with us. May the Lord bless these thoughts tonight to our hearts for his great name's sake. I'm sure there are other moments in the scriptures and you could uh, study them out uh, when you get home or sometime in the future, but those are three that certainly spoke to my heart. So we're going to to get down to prayer tonight. Now, I only have the one announcement, and that is that the Reverend Kenny will be preaching on the Lord's Day, both services. And I I have no prayer requests, but I'm sure everyone here knows those things that you need to pray about. And then there are those things concerning your own circumstances, maybe your own family. But as we approach September again and the start of the Sabbath schools and the children's meetings, young people's fellowships, uh, we can pray for that, that the Lord will visit this wee country and speak to souls and bring men and women to Christ. It is only the preaching of Christ that can bring a soul into fellowship with God and into God's salvation. So we're going to seek the Lord now, and I'll just leave the meeting open, and uh, if someone will lead us in prayer, please, and then I'll close at the end. So let us seek the Lord, please, in prayer.